Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Got a rebound that took place in the livestock. We will get to that. But more importantly, the reaction to today's WASDE report. One of the headlines I saw was USDA estimates um, whopping stocks to use ratio for corn. So that's what we're going to kind of kick it all off as to what we saw in these numbers. As Ken Beadle joins us with CHS Hedging and the Russell Consulting Group out of St. Paul, Minnesota. And let's start out. This WASDE report definitely uh, brought us some excitement today. Yeah, I think it's been a um, widely anticipated report because we all knew it was going to be the USDA's first estimate of the 2021 uh, supply-demand balance. And uh, with that came uh, the usage of their prospective plantings estimate in corn at 97 million acres and uh, their uh, 83.5 million acre soybean number. And I think most people uh, could do the math uh, against the trend line, and they knew that the, that you were going to get a very large uh, production number uh, with that 97 million acres, and with some of the demand a little bit uncertain at the, these days because of of the COVID situation, we had uh, you know a very high estimates for ending stocks and uh, I think the average trade guess was about 5.35 billion bushels. We actually came in at 5.31 or 3.31 billion bushels excuse me and that that number uh, appeared to be fully priced into the marketplace based on the reaction. Um, a lot of farmers and a lot of other people in the trade were absolutely convinced that we were going to have a major sell-off today when that number was put into print. And uh, we we tried to go down, but in the end, uh, we ended up uh, closing the market higher. And uh, that's one of the great signals that I think you can find in a market is when the market anticipates bearish news and gets bearish news and then doesn't go down off that bearish news that might be a, a little bit of an, a bullish indicator for where we go from here. And um, I would just note that there were some other things in the cord balance sheet that were, you know, maybe a little bit more supportive. Uh, the first one being um, that four of the five states where farmers were resurveyed, uh, those that data ended up uh, being incorporated into the report. We did see in all four of those states, yields lowered slightly. We saw in three of those four states, harvested acres down a little bit. Uh, The net was a result of about 30 million bushels of production um, that came off of uh, uh, the the supply. Um, The other thing that happened was um, uh, they they did raise our, our exports by 50 million bushels. Uh, another, you know, good sign. And then they raised uh, uh, they raised feed and residual usage by 50 million bushels. And uh, we've been saying for a long time that the uh, that the disappearance of the corn that we do have is going to be greater. It's going to be faster because of light test weight. And it seemed to me that the USDA wanted to acknowledge that this month. Uh, by raising that that feed residual number, even though there was not a new uh, a new stocks report, one negative uh, in the old crop balance sheet was that ethanol.
production number. And uh, uh, corn uh, to be used in ethanol production dropped 100 million bushels, which was, a, uh, of course, a perfect offset to, um, to the other pieces of the balance sheet. And we ended up with a, a very similar carryout. Um, one of the things that we've been noticing is that the number of miles driven in the U.S. Is, has climbed for four consecutive weeks. We're noting that um, ethanol production grew last week for the first time, and we're starting to hear already some of the ethanol plants uh, making plans to come back online. And so uh, we actually think that the, the USDA probably overreacted a little bit in terms of the, um, the re- reduction in ethanol and... Uh, we think that number will likely come back in the future as well. So uh, we have a lot of little offsets um, in the market to, to the loss in ethanol with uh, with the different um, categories. And, you know, ultimately, it's our opinion anyway that uh, we might see that carryout number back down under 2 billion bushels for old crop uh, before this is all said and done. Well, we know that there was some unharvested acres back in April talked about in North Dakota. And I saw a news release yesterday that said that they're going to revisit with those producers. Now, is it just North Dakota or are we seeing some other northern states included in that? No, it's just going to be North Dakota. Um, When they made the announcement here a few months ago or basically after the January report that that they were going to do a resurvey, uh, they listed five states. They listed uh, South Dakota, Minnesota, North Dakota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And four of those five states, the resurvey is complete. Those those results will stand. Because there was still so much corn left in the field in North Dakota specifically, they haven't resurveyed the North Dakota farmer yet, and they're going to resurvey him here in the month of May for that June report. Now, the total number of acres that were not harvested in uh, uh, you know, in time for that January final crop report, uh, a large majority of them were in the state of North Dakota. And so if you think about the fact that over those four states, we, we lost 30 million bushels, I actually think we could lose twice that much or more just in the state of South Dakota alone. Um, and we're going to get that next month. And I think... Uh, Stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. It's the Fontenot Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenot Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Kent Beadle. As we look now from the WASI report that came out today from the soybean perspective, what was your reaction to those numbers? Well, there was really only one big number uh, for old crop beans, and that was the uh, uh, drop in exports by 100 million bushels. Um, I guess it's not surprising, given the pace that we have been on for much of the year, that they would lower that number a little bit further. However, over the past week or two, we've seen um, our demand from China start to increase. Uh, I actually think that it that those increases are going to are, are going to hold on here for uh, another few weeks, maybe another few months. I do believe that the Chinese are going to continue to buy U.S. beans. I wouldn't be at all surprised if uh, 
if we saw that number um, increased again in a future report. Uh, but right now, that number was a little bit bearish, and the beans did close a little bit lower today. Um, as we took the ending stocks number for old crop uh, up to 580 million bushels. Now, over on the new crop side, that that higher carry-in um, allowed for a little bit higher ending stocks number than was anticipated at 405 million bushels. But the USDA did maintain a very uh, strong demand balance for next year. And, of course, we have a smaller acreage number, 83.5 million acres is all. And so, you know, down to 400 million on their estimate. Uh, if by chance we were to lose a bushel or two of yield this summer due to uh, less than perfect conditions, say, in the month of August, um, you would see that number drop down into the 250 million bushel area very quickly. And... That would give us one of the tightest stocks-to-use ratios that we've had in many, many years since uh, since the drought year, actually, of 2012. And so, uh, you know, I have to tell you that the soybean market, even though we were a little bit lower today off that uh, little bit of surprise reduction in, in old crop exports, uh, that situation in beans is still relatively explosive for the summer if we would happen to get any uh, adverse weather. Jump over to what we're seeing on the livestock side. I mean, the cattle did just a complete about face and, and rebounded to some limit up trade. What is your thoughts on the way this cattle market has been trading and how much of its outside market influence factoring in? Well, I, I think that there is an awful lot of money flowing through the cattle market right now. There's There's little doubt about that. And it is not the most liquid market in the world by any means. Now, we had a really big jump last week based on ideas about cash cattle uh, trading quite a bit higher than expected, partially because the cutout has been so large that some of the major uh, cattle buyers have, have essentially said that they would be willing to pay up to buy cattle. The problem is, is that that big cutout that we currently have that that peaked out i think at over four hundred dollars uh on the box beef um was a function of the piece in the middle actually being broken that being the supply chain and the packing plants and there are a lot of cattle out there that would love to move at those higher numbers but you know the truth is is that the marketplace still isn't buying very many of them that realization led to yesterday's limit down trade. Today, you know, we hear reports of maybe a little bit quicker chain speeds, uh, a little more activity in the cash markets, uh, potentially um, some packing plants coming back online. And the next thing you know, uh, we're limit up again. So uh, a lot of this has to do with the thinness of the market, the lack of liquidity, the fact that there are a lot of players on the sidelines. And a good piece of news or a bad piece of news, depending on the day, is sending us limit bid or limit offered uh, what seems to be on a almost daily basis. There's still some positive trade as well on the hogs. Are they feeding off a little bit on the higher cattle numbers? Well, a little bit on the higher cattle numbers, a little bit on the fact that the cutout in pork, which actually had fallen on Monday, 
um, uh, in the during the day session ended up recovering and closing quite a bit higher yesterday afternoon, and uh, that led to reevaluation of what the CME index was going to do. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Kent? Well, I'm at 800-328-6530, which is the number for CHS Hedging. Uh, can be reached at uh, kent.beetle at chshedging.com. Uh, if you have any questions or uh, would be interested in opening an account, we'd love to talk with you. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Ken Beetle, joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss. are not suitable for all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all of your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.